games i know surprise you weren't expecting me it is the casual jared benson hosting today's episode this is the hall of games the ever-growing catalog of legendary game titles that josh and i josh is my co-host today have proven to be timeless classics these games that we talk about each title is chosen from the bard's backlog and broken down through comprehensive evaluation we are the keepers of the hall of games the skeptic critics of each candidate and the executioners of those not deemed worthy to enter the hall. Today's candidate is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Edition. Will it be entered into the Hall of Games? We will talk about it. Um, I am super excited for this conversation, and I wish that you would join in. Please write us in at our email is askvgb at gmail.com, askvgb at gmail.com. Give us some your comments, your questions, your conundrums, and uh, feel free to generally berate and belittle us. You can support the podcast by following us on any podcast service and by dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Turn on your notifications to get the latest episode as soon as it drops. You can review us on Spotify as well. Give us a little love on Spotify once you've listened to some of our stuff, and we really, really appreciate it. Last time, we talked about Super Mario Galaxy and decided, I've, I mean, almost automatically, that it should go into the Hall of Games. Josh, you're not having any regrets of that, are you? Oh, no. I slept better that night than I have in a long time. (laughs) Yes. Sometimes we are conflicted and we we turn off the mics and we're like, oh, man, I don't know. Was that the right decision? I don't know. So, yes. Josh, just a quick question for you before we really jump in today. Um, Have you ever heard of... The music game, this is the game where you um, pick a category, for instance, uh, a song that you go to when you're sad, a song that gets you hyped up, a song that reminds you of high school. Have you ever played the, 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 the music game, as I call it, which is when a bunch of friends gather around and you uh, play this category game and you all are connected to like the Bluetooth speaker? And uh, so how we do it with my friends is we'll pass the phone to each other. So like I'll have my phone connected mm-hmm. to my TV. And then people will queue up their song. So they, you know, we're on Spotify. They type in, they find their song, they swipe right to queue it. And then as we're talking or discussing, the category is on our minds, right? Like um, favorite hype song, whatever. And then the next song will come up. So this was so-and-so song. This was so-and-so song until like, and we're like, oh, what? Like for instance, we played this category. It was last time. One of the categories was a song that you're ashamed that you love. And the song that I picked was Boyfriend by Justin Bieber. Like, I'm absolutely embarrassed by that song. <laughs> Have you ever played a game similar to that, my friend? I've not, no. Okay. Not we will like see. Fun. It is fun. We'll see how this goes. I just have a couple of quick, just, we'll see if you can name off the top of your head. It is a little tougher. I get it. But we'll see. Yeah. This is a fun party game. Josh, let me just ask you. Let's see here. What is, ooh, do you and Karina have a song? Like, let's see, for, like, you guys have a song? Yes, and I always forget the name of it, but it's an oldie. Um, it's You Make My Dreams Come True. Oh, that's a great one. Yes. 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 That's the one we walk down to. That's fantastic. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Our song, yeah. And then, okay, that's I love that song. I know which one you're talking about. Um, what is your go-to 
song or maybe an artist that what that you listen to when you're sad? When I'm sad, man. Okay, there's a couple. I think, and and I'm just gonna be straightforward here. My music uh, taste is awful. It's atrocious. <laughs> I think I've not found a single person who likes the same stuff as me. Oh, and man. it's so over the map. And and part of that is because I'm just not a big music person. Sure. So what appeals to me is just what appeals to me, and a lot of that is stuck in 2010, and that's just how things are. It's just how um, it is. And I don't listen to music even now very often. Like it, it's something I've been trying to do a little bit more. Actually, like very much like taking like initiative and in trying to this summer especially. Yeah. But just just so you know, okay. Just as I prepare some of these responses here, all right. Just I am. There's... I'm sorry. I'm not advocating for any of this. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> no judgment. I here. would say Lincoln Park. Okay. I like Linkin Park, and, and they've always hit me in the emotional feels, so I'll go to them when I'm sad. Or <laughs> Glitch Mob. Okay. Glitch Mob is just like a, it's an ambient, kind of low-key tech music. Yeah. A uh, little yeah. bit of dubstep in there, but not quite there. Longer songs, um, and I'll just crank that up, no words or nothing, and just weep and just cry. Just weep You know what was weird? The song <laughs> that made me cry when I was a kid was bow the knee um it's an emotional song yeah it's got a very emotional cadence to it it does it does and there's a couple times where and i think it was because something happened that was emotional and i think it was Mm. like an argument with my brother or something with Mm. my mom or something and they left the car and i just the song was on you know playing hymns in a uh in a, a a minivan and i just was crying in the back so like ever since then that's what i think of uh but when I'm sad now, um, I don't necessarily play music. Gotcha. So this would be older, but that would be my answer. Okay. What is your go-to hype music? Ooh. Again, stuck back in 2010 a little bit here. Um, anything that you'd play before like a, like a high school game, like a high school football game. Or okay. Soccer yeah, game. yeah. 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 Right, Just cause right, right. I had that a lot. I played high school soccer and we were in stadiums and stuff all the time. And, um, someone sets up the, the playlist and you get going beforehand and it almost always had like specific songs. There was yeah. always, um, there's always a couple Eminem songs in there. Of course. Right? Uh, till I collapse, always... I'm spilling these rap. No. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you can't go wrong with till I collapse. Um, oh, what's the Mike Shinoda song? Um, man, I gotta, I gotta look this up. Um, like, <laughs> uh, remember the name. It's rem- remember the name. I think is what it's called. Yeah, which I didn't. <laughs> so ironic <laughs> uh but anything that goes in that you know or or uh some some dubstep too there's a couple of really fantastic dubstep songs that i really loved uh in high school that just got me going oh yeah remember the name fort minor yeah styles of beyond classic dude yes um 50 power uh yeah on from there yep. um yeah there's there's a lot of uh just and there's probably like five to six different uh beast mode is one i just found it uh beast mode is one of the ones that like by tokyo I t- uh no no i'm not sure what that one is um let me see it's by yellow claw nice 
That one goes hard, though. And then uh, Get Down is another one. But some of them are just kind of like remixes of other songs. Sure, and, of uh, course, yeah. Those particular ones just appeal to me. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, yeah, there's a the hype music for Before a Game and for like the gym playlist, too, is like the same for me. <laughs> right, so, yeah, yes. very similar, but, very similar. Well, I won't make you rack your brain for forever, but this is just a small sample of what this game I've been playing with my friends. It's been super fun because, you know, you can add these zany categories in what song makes you think of a rainy day. It totally changes the tone of the conversation. Yeah. You can watch that spiritual effect in real time with your friends. Um, what's a song by an artist no one's ever heard of? What's a song that makes your playlist random? All this different stuff. You can come up with any category. And <laughs> I got uh, a lot there's, of those. <laughs> there's been, yes. And there's been some really fun ones and some off the wall ones. Uh, the other day, I was like, okay, what's a song? that you don't know why you like it so much and someone pulled up a Weird Al Yankovic song. It was just, you know, it's a whole bunch of like nice. random stuff, man. So it's a really fun party game to play and you can turn the volume up loud. It's great. Do you um, each pick categories as you go through? So yeah, so I have a list of categories preset on my phone, actually. Let's see here. A song that I'm ashamed that I love. Uh, weirdest song you can think of. Uh, the best mix of two different genres. The saddest song. Favorite song from high school. Uh, past songs that you had with your ex. Uh, a song that fuels your angry, righteous rage. A song that gets you hyped every time. All this different stuff. Like you can come up with your own categories, add it, you know, as you think of it into the into the game, and then you know everyone's passing around the phone, putting in you know a song that calms you down. All this different stuff. So. Yeah, you can yeah. put whatever category you wanted to, play the game as long or as little as you like, and it's a great party game, and it really lets you get to know people. And I think yeah. it forces you to be a little vulnerable, right? You know, And then uh, you, you get to open up a little bit, and that's when people are their best when they're open up. So, so yeah, yeah, it's a good time. I really, really, really like that. Okay, Josh, let's jump into our next segment, the games we play in. Unfortunately, this week, I do not have a ton. Actually, I have zero, zero to contribute to the podcast today. <laughs> I have not played anything new. I've been playing a lot of the same games. Like, I've used Returnal as a break from the games that we're playing for the podcast, some of which are not my favorite to get into, so they're a little bit more of a chore. I think I'm thinking of specifically of Mario 64 and Link's Awakening, though I have touched some others that we may cover in the future. Um, so I've been using Returnal to break that up, and that's been enjoyable. Uh, although the more I spend time with it, the more I see its flaws. Um, so I don't really have too much to contribute. I've been playing that new game, Stray, as well, um, which has been fun. But Josh, tell me, you have a couple titles on here. Take it away, my friend. Yeah, um, I could speak to a lot of the ones you mentioned as well. I've been kind of playing those here and there, 64 and um, Link's Awakening as well, just refreshing my memory on those. Very excited to have those conversations. Yes, yes, um, me too. Stray too. I played of several hours of, and I see its appeal. Uh, yeah, really for real. charming, charming game. Um, really built like it should be. Yes, I, I don't think it needs to be anything else than what it is. Like I, I feel like some people might get a little bit miffed at like the the prompt. Like you kind of look, you have to look at a platform in order to jump to it. You know, sure, sure. Um, instead of just having free jump, but. 
to me, it, it feels very fluid and nice. Yes, it's pretty good. I agree. I, I agree. Personally, I wish it was a little more simmy, like simulation-y in that like it was just like a standard world. It's kind of got its own fictional thing going on, you know? Um, but great. I, I I am impressed by this game. It's it's a fun little, uh, and for me, free game if you have right. PlayStation Plus yes. Extra, I believe. Yes. Which I did not realize. That's the only reason I even played it. I know we talked about it before, but um, my brother, my brother Gabe, just reached out to me and he was like, hey, have you played this? And he's a, he likes cats. And I was like, I no, but I've like, we talked about it. Jared has mentioned it and I've, I've seen a couple things on it. And he was like, it's free. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So got it, played it. I think I've gotten to the point I'm good with it. I probably won't go back to it, but uh, really fun, cool game. Um, otherwise, the two games I've been kind of interchanging back and forth and really trying to push through are Doom Eternal and Mafia, the definitive edition. Mm-hmm. Doom Eternal, I think, is what I was hoping to get from Returnal. So I've... I've kind of I was playing a lot of Returnal, I guess a, a decent amount of Returnal, and then I I put that kind of down, and I went to Doom because Doom was going to give me that same twitchy, uh, instinctual uh, gameplay, just like pure, just energy and rushing and madness gameplay, and you're just like going, going, going. Um, so really having a great time with that. I have it set at the uh, harder difficulty, which is really pushing me. I am not good at video games, and it is destroying me left and right, but it is so much fun when you really do like get into the flow of it, and you're dodging around demons, and you're taking out each one that you need to in a particular way, and you're using all your weapons, and you're yanking out your chainsaw, and you're using the finishing blows, and yeah. all the stuff. There's all kinds of crazy layers that they've added to Doom, um, dodging and stuff. Like uh, it's insane how much agency you have in your movement, and then they really push you to utilize that to the nth degree in the actual arena combat encounters themselves. So really awesome. That's like that's a whole vibe, right? It's it's crazy in the like heavy rock. Uh, obviously, you're like going through the gates of hell and into hell itself, and uh, you're like the one thing that demons fear in this version of hell. So you're just ripping them to shreds. So it's really fun, you know. It's its own thing. Uh, really having a great time with that. Looking forward to finishing it. I might need to drop the difficulty. Uh, I was playing a little bit of it yesterday and i just stopped because it had been a couple days i didn't play it on um tuesday and monday and i think sunday as well so it had been a couple days oh no i played on (laughs) but uh i just it just the twitchiness of it it's so intense and so i was like trying to get back into it so i'll probably drop the difficulty or i just need to sit there and, and get back into the acclimation of it all um but really fun mafia is a gem Wow, I have been sleeping on this little series here, Jared. So this is a remake. It's Mafia, the definitive edition of a game that came out, I want to say 2002. Let me confirm that. Uh, The original Mafia game. um, uh, Yep, 2002. So it's an old, chunky little dude, uh, very much taking after Grand Theft Auto. So there's this whole era, the 2000s, like uh, especially early 2000s, going to like 2008, 2009, 2010, when um, Grand Theft Auto V came out was kind of the pinnacle of this, but where GTA-type games were just all the rage. Uh You had this open-world idea of getting in a car and driving around a city, and that was so enthralling. I could 
potentially say, and I might need to look into the history of this a little bit more, but I think GTA 3 might be the first truly, like, open world in how we view them today. So, Pioneer, and because of that, all kinds of people wanted to emulate that. And you get games like Driver, uh, Saints Row came a little bit later, that kind of, like, take that same concept and do something a little bit different with it. But Mafia always went under the radar for me i i've heard the name i've never looked more closely at it but i noticed that it was available on playstation plus and i downloaded it and and what a sweet little game you're primarily driving around but it's set in the 1930s which totally changes everything about yes. how gta would play sure um it's it's depression era uh prohibition so you're you're moving liquor uh, there's a whole uh, mission where you go and you're getting whiskey from your Canadian guys who, who make it and bring it to you and it all goes south, you know. Uh, but it's fun. Like, it's it's very simulation-focused. And this is a remake, so the, the Definitive Edition is a 2020 version of the 2002 game. So they've really given you, like, really nice character models, um, a fantastic... I'm assuming it's um, refurbished audio, or what do you call that? Uh, renewed audio. I'm, sure. I'm using yeah. the wrong words there, but... Um, uh, that sounds great. Uh, you've got the radio. They've added, from what I understand, a lot of original music that sounds like it's from the 1930s. But it just puts you into that world. Like, these are early cars, mm. right? They, they've mm-hmm. got poor handling. They've mm-hmm. got the... Kind of like, you know, yep. honking sound and... Um, there's, there's more and more variety of them. The country at the time and the world at large is like obsessed with cars on a level that even we can't relate to today because they were just so brand new to everybody. Yeah. So there's like races and everybody talks about cars and it's like a a symbol of status and all this stuff, which is of course is still the case today, but definitely on a different level and everybody's talking in different ways. It's a fictional city, but it's very much taking after the idea of New York and all the guys, you're, you know, you're in the mafia, so you're a part of the mob. So everybody's got an Italian accent, like they just moved from, uh, from the home, uh, from the mother country, and here they are, you know, uh, getting gabagool and enjoying a little bit of spaghetti and all that good stuff. And uh, <laughs> it's guys named Polly and Luigi and Paul. Tommy, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like totally just leaning into that whole thing, and they they work for the Don. And the Don is dealing with another gangster in the town. And so, like, it's just, like, that whole vibe. And uh, your fantastic. character gets sucked into it. Uh, at the beginning of the game, he, he's just a regular cabbie. And uh, these two gangsters jump into his car, hold a gun to his head, and say, drive. And from there, he just gets involved in the mob. And it's a ton of fun. Really compelling story. I have been thoroughly enjoying it. And I'm pretty sure the story is pretty much beat for beat for what the 2002 game was. So, it is... It is very much a, a hidden gem in the gaming industry. I feel like more and more people should be talking about this game. Uh, obviously, it's a remake of a super old game. So sure, when sure. it comes to the gunfighting, when it comes to the actual vehicle control, it can be a nightmare sometimes. And they've added in modern stuff. So you can choose between simulation for your driving or just, uh, uh, I don't know what the term of it is, but it's, it's just regular, I think is what they call sure. it. Which is like, it moves like you think a video game car would move. Or in the simulation version, they're a lot more slippery, harder handling. You can switch to manual or automatic transmission. So there's a lot of little nuance there. But for the most part, in the game itself, you're driving around. You're driving from place to place. It's it's a semi-open world, so it's a city, but there's not anything to do other than the missions themselves. So you're just kind of like moving from location to location. Uh, But it's been a a grand old time. Uh, 
I play it. Karina comes. She sits down and watches it. She's been like very interested in it. It's very mm. pretty. Very, very pretty. It's made in 2020, so it definitely stands up to today's standards. And I've been I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I, I look forward to finishing it out, and maybe I'll pick up Mafia 2. Uh, Mafia 2 is, I think, from 2007, and they haven't remade that, so it doesn't have all the updated stuff. I sure. don't think I'd play the 2002 version of this, but the fact that they updated it with 2020 uh graphics and capabilities and fidelity i've i've really been having a grand old time with it so great game great fantastic very surprising to me uh and i hadn't had anybody suggest it to me i just kind of checked it out and uh, it's it's been awesome and then uh apex legends has been a go-to as well this last week uh karina has been playing that with me we had kind of stopped playing for a while but we'll go through seasons of like, hey, sure. let's, let's let's play online games. Yeah, and we've been playing Apex again, and that's that's led to some fun times. We always have a good time with that. So uh, there you go. Been playing that, and those are the games we've been playing. I like it. I love this segment because even if we never cover a game on the games we play in, most of the time they're pretty good. Either you know a, a quick yes, I recommend this, or no, I do not. You know, and I like that yeah. about, about about that segment a lot. Okay. Josh, let's move on to our default segment. online media is dominated by this one individual who lives in Austin, Texas, who is known as Joe Rogan. And when I say domination, I don't mean, obviously, actual domination. I just mean in the sense that he's someone who almost everyone knows who that is. Mm -hmm. I have talked to very, very few people uh, at P.F. Chang's and have brought up Joe Rogan, and they don't know who he is. Maybe one or two, to be frank. He is a household name at this point, for the most part. Now, because of that... There has been a massive influx of people who are interested in being stand-up comics. There has also been a massive influx of people who are interested in um, MMA, UFC, you know, things like that. Jiu-jitsu. I know my friend got into jiu-jitsu just because uh, of this, you know, him being in the center of the cultural discourse. Now, Josh, I do have a question for you. And I think I kind of know the answer, but it's a two-part question here. Here we go. Would you ever do stand-up comedy under and under what circumstances would you do it so i guess three part and then if you had if you chose to do it wh- how what would your comedic style be and if you have any references like who your favorite comedians are feel free to throw them in here i'm curious what you would say about my answer <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you I know you're comfortable being on stage and I know that you are you've done a, you did a great job when we were in a student body together you were hilarious you were comfortable on stage but those were sketches those were skits um yeah. to be frank though I, and you've changed over the past couple of years I maybe I would have said a couple of years ago yes and maybe these days no but I would say no these days because I don't think you'd be interested in it not because I don't think you could do it if that makes sense I think you'd be great at it if you put your mind to it yeah, I'd say that that's probably about about right. I I don't I don't think I would uh, 
do it haphazardly now. I probably still would if given a, a good opportunity to do it, but I'd want to prepare for it. I'd want to spend some time thinking out what I'd say, and I'd have to go in it with just like a very... I wouldn't be able to do it the day... Like, if you asked me to do it tomorrow, I probably wouldn't be ready for that. Yes, yes. Um, younger me would have. Younger me would have jumped at that. And and I used to, like, dream of doing stand-up comedy, and I always thought that I would uh, do a pretty decent job with it. I've always been someone who felt like they could talk pretty well in public. Sure. And that's why I'm a teacher. That's why I run a podcast. I'm not the best at it, obviously. I've got a lot to work on, obviously. But I like being in front of people. I like running crowds is, is one of the things that just, like, that just that's, like, life force to me. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I totally would. I totally do stand-up comedy. Now, in what setting? Uh, definitely low-key, somewhere no one else is yes. going. Yeah, <laughs> and for real. very for late real. at night, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, perfect for just, like, getting a few chuckles is where I'd go. And I know, especially with, you know, uh, good comedy, you got to work on it, you got to practice it, you got to be willing to go through the tough times and, uh, you know, fall flat on your face quite a bit if you're going to get that golden joke at the end of it so yeah i i would do it i those would be the circumstances it's not something i could ever see myself doing as a career or anything like that no way uh and i wouldn't put aside like it's not a dream of mine either sure. so i wouldn't put stuff aside to try right. to really go for it right 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 2019 josh would have said differently uh but even then i didn't do anything you know so it wasn't that important to me and I always was willing to, if people did it alongside me, like in a group mm. of friends or something, mm. that might be also the way for me to do it, even today. Um, and based on this other question that you have here, I probably would rely on storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I mean, stories, obviously, they, they speak to humanity at large and, and right, people crave right. stories. We're, we're storytellers at heart and um that's just how our our brains are wired even you know our spirits are in tune with each other when we're telling each other stories so uh, i would lean into that very much so uh, i'm not the one to make the most witty observation i do like making clever observations but usually in a subversion type situation where it sounds like i'm talking about one thing and then i say something that catches people by surprise but that's not necessarily going to work for long form comedy especially but for large groups of people as well it's a smaller type thing that'll that'll just get people to say oh haha like he's being a little clever but it's not actually going to make you belly laugh you know yeah so i don't think i'm necessarily fit for that so stories in general and i've got some fun stories for sure to tell as well i could see you the reason i actually said storytelling in this question is because if i picture you doing stand up comedy in my head i can absolutely see you with that that dumb smirk you put on your face when you're like gesturing with your uh, pointer finger and thumb pursed together up in an upwards direction. And you're just talking with like, I don't know, there's, I could see it in my head. You doing this is you like smirk <laughs> at the audience. Like that's how I picture you in my head telling a story of some sort. That's like, yeah, now listen here, you know, like that, that's how, I don't know the whole t t uh, tenor and vibe of the, the, that's how I see it. Now, do you to listen to stand up comedy or watch it maybe with Karina or anything? Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Every now and then. It's it's something I've done a lot less. I just yes. got super into it around the same time actually. Yeah, that I got into Joe Rogan, so um it's died off significantly, but sure. I, I I have gotten super into it. I we just watched actually we just finished 
literally like an hour ago the bill burr no way did you really amazing that's funny how we're on the same wavelength like that well we had we i had watched through it um last week and i had like fell asleep part of the way through i was watching it late at night so uh, I wanted to go back and watch it again, but Karina really liked it. Like I turned it on and she watched the first few, you know, of his sets and uh, our jokes, and and she was laughing pretty hard. So she sat down and we ended up watching the whole thing. And and in piecemeal, like over the course of the last couple of days, we finished sure. it out. But um, really fantastic special. I don't Bill Burr pulled something out there that I hadn't seen him do before. So great one. I I highly suggest that. And it's in Colorado, so obviously I have that connection to it. Um, but yeah, I totally still do. That's really, now, f- now I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm smiling real big. Cause it's funny to me that this question popped randomly into my head and you have just recently had, you yeah. know, exper- that's so funny to me how we were on that wavelength without, without even knowing it. Um, sorry, you're going to say something. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like Bill Burr is 100% like superstar to the max like he he is yeah. like untouchable i don't know if he, you could probably throw like dave Chappelle up there with him um and i know different cultures and stuff have different ones my my father-in-law loves joe coy loves joe mm. coy so you know everyone's gonna have different appeals but i feel like bill burr is one who really really just he, he can make any crowd anywhere laugh yeah, and that's that's a talent on a level that very few are able to attain. And he yeah. in this last one, have you seen his most recent one? I have. Yeah, it's great. And I think he's gotten to a point personally where he's he's the rougher edges have gone down to the point where he's a lot more mass appeal, um, mm. specifically for women. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even then, like obviously, he still has his riotous and crazy things that he says. But yeah, um, what about you, Jared? Would you so- do stand up? Yeah, I mean, yes, but that's also the standard extrovert answer. To be frank with you, I don't think I'd be very good at it. And I think the first time that I got up there, I might do well. And if I bombed the second time, I'd never do it again. Because I'd be like, mm. okay, I've done it. I can check it off my box list, uh, my bucket list, but I'm also acknowledging that I suck at it. Like, I'm, I'm much better in conversational uh, comedy anyway, in which, you know, I can say outrageous things to get my friends to laugh pretty regularly. But I also, like, that's very context dependent. You can't just stand up and do that. That's the difference with stand up, is that it's actually mm-hmm. much more specific. I would say, though, if I had to do it, it would be a, a probably a very physical storytelling type of style, utilizing a okay, lot of yeah. voice cracks, impressions. I would like to say that if I had to do it, I'd be uh, um, my fav- some of my favorite comedians. Like The funniest person on the planet, to me, in terms of conversational style, listening to on podcasts and whatever else, is Theo Vaughn. He's absolutely nuts. He's a nice. redneck from whatever. But his stand-up is not my favorite, like kind of by a lot. I just don't care for it. Something about him being outside of the conversation doesn't work for me. But when it's just off the hip, just randomly, oh my goodness, it's hilarious. Um, some of the best stand-up stand-up, like just simple, non-physical storytelling punchline is uh, Shane Gillis. He's one of my favorites. Um, okay. And he's, he's it's more because he's culturally relevant. Like he was making fun of his dad for watching Fox News the other day and it was just really funny. Um, as far as in terms of what makes me laugh the hardest, though, it's someone like Tim Hawkins. You know who that is? Yes. Or Chris D'Elia. They have a very physical, goofy comedy, and that kills me every single time. 
Uh, I, I just, was going to bring up Dalia. Yes, the very physical comedians. They're all over the stage, and that's uh, so funny to me. I don't like puppets. I don't care for that. I mean, Jeff Dunham's <laughs> kind of funny, but no, I don't care. Yeah. It's it's gimmicky. You know, I don't care for it. And Chappelle and Bill Burr are funny, but they tend to have long gaps in between their like they like monologuing sometimes, and I I don't care for that as much. And I prefer the impressions Chris D'Elia does to the ones Bill Burr does personally. That's, I don't know. That's just where I'm at. But the goofy comedy that Tim Hawkins, that Chris D'Elia funky stuff. Oh my goodness. That, that kills me, kills me. So, but Lucy doesn't like stand up. So if I watch it, it's, it's typically by myself. <laughs> Nothing. Really? No, nah, she doesn't like it. She just doesn't care for the format. What about like, um, oh, what's the chick? There's a couple of girls that are pretty funny, but the. Oh man, I'm gonna. I mean, so well, I mean, Ali Wong, Whitney Cummings. Um, Ali Wong is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There's, there's a couple. There's, um, there's a a uh, a girl who she's gay. She looks like Ellen DeGeneres, but it's not Ellen DeGeneres. I don't remember what her name is. Oh, it's, I think I know what you're talking about. It's um, just the T, not Tanner T, tie to something i don't know she's, she's funny I, she, I know who you're talking about she's yeah, pretty funny she's very bland very monotone voice but she's very funny um uh yeah yeah there's there's one girl who does um the uh uh you the vietnamese nail salon imperson impersonation um i don't oh, remember her mm-hmm. name but it's like why you why uh, you have you have boyfriend why you not have you want long or short nail long or short nail lucy can actually do a word for word impression of that chick um and it's very very funny but but it, what's what's that girl's name i don't know Ange- i don't it know was, she, who is it angela angela johnson angela johnson. angela johnson lucy told me it's angela johnson so yeah, yeah so but other than that she doesn't really care for a stand-up oh so we yeah 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 yeah, there you go. But anyway, fascinating, fascinating. Let us, folks, write us in. Tell us, like, if there's a video clip of you doing stand up, as much as I'll cringe, I'll watch it. <laughs> so send it to us, folks. I would love to see that. Okay, folks, here we go. It's the pick of the week Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. The reason that we chose Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is largely because of the inability to play previous Mario Kart games and because it's the most relevant in the conversation. They're going to be releasing DLC booster packs in the form of, uh, that are going to be similar to the Mario Kart Tour, I think. There's a lot of uh, synergy going on with all these different titles here. Uh, obviously, it's the most relevant and recent online version. It's a better version of the Wii U version. Um, it's got it's the latest and greatest, all this different stuff. But also, too, um, it's in the running for best Mario Kart game ever. It is certainly the best-selling Mario Kart game of all time, uh, officially and uh, statistically. So that is uh, certainly why we chose this one. But um, let's let's jump right into it. Josh, a uh, real quick question before we, we jump in. And I want to start with a history, if that's okay, since I'm hosting. But real quick question, is this your favorite Mario Kart game or or is it not? Just so we can be 
clear of any biases because this is not my favorite Mario Kart game, but it doesn't mean it's not the best. So we're going to talk about that today. But which is this your favorite one? Yes, it is. Okay, all right. So we we have those biases under control. I feel like I need to disclaim that sometimes, but uh, <laughs> but but yeah. So okay, Josh, let's uh, let's jump in here. I I'm going to do something a little different. Normally we start with overall impression of the game, but I'd like to start with the history of the game just to catch us up and give us some uh, get us up to speed on this. So Mario Kart. Uh, originally the first edition released in 1992 for the, uh, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the SNES. And there's some inklings, according to the internet, potentially this, this whole kart racing idea, this, this making a video game out of wacky characters running around in vehicles was perhaps inspired by Hanna-Barbera's, the boomerang, or do you know what boomerang cartoons are? Yeah. Yeah, like kind of like adjacent to Scooby Doo and and some of those others like uh, Yogi Berra and all that stuff. That's all boomerang related, boomerang era of cartoons. Hanna Barbera had a, a a show called Wacky Races in 1968, uh, which had a bunch of a whole host of uh, enigmatic, eccentric characters racing in you know gimmicky cars. Which is it looked like the cartoon version of Mario Kart just way back in the day. And then a game called Power Drift was released in Japan in 1988. Uh, Wacky Races released their own game in 1991, but it's considered that the most influence on the Mario Kart game was the F-Zero series. Um, and obviously, you as a listener are probably most familiar with F-Zero from Captain Falcon, um, who is familiar to most people because of his appearance on Super Smash Brothers, as opposed to the actual F-Zero. Did you ever play any F-Zero games, Josh? I've played them... In passing, sure. I've never gone into one. Right, 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 right. And actually, little known fact, Captain Falcon was supposed to be, ironically enough, the flagship character for the SNES, surprisingly. It obviously ended up being, you know, Mario has been Nintendo's flagship character for years, but for the SNES, it was supposed to be Captain Falcon, um, notorious bounty hunter and all that stuff. But um, anyway, F-Zero at the time was exclusively single player. Um, so Nintendo wanted to make a um, multiplayer game. So the first Mario Kart game is a two-player game featuring obviously the titular characters from the Mario Kart or the Mario franchise uh, brought to us by Shigeru Miyamoto, who obviously invented Super Mario Brothers. And it was known at the time that the reason Mario Kart was popular was only because of the Mario name and the Mario characters. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't considered at the time to be um, some legendary thing. Other racing games were bigger and badder because the because of the limitations of the SNES system, they they chose the kart format because they were they had limitations. They they obviously di- weren't working with 3D. It was 2D, and um, they could only render so fast. So they had to limit the game somehow. Um, and they used the same. It was a Mode Seven graphics. Used the same uh, graphics in the F Zero series, um, and to new effect. Include in the first, very first game, you see all of the original. Well, the core gameplay rather has not changed throughout all the games. You had green shells, red shells, bananas. Uh, I think and mushrooms as well to speed up. Of course, on two D flat tracks, uh, which have been remastered in some late, the the latest games. Um, but in the original game, some things that you might not notice five lap races and additionally there was this game over mentality if you if you placed out of eight total characters in the original game which was let's see Yoshi 
uh, or hold on, Mario, Luigi, Peach, Yoshi, Bowser, Donkey Kong Jr., who is actually Donkey Kong's son, um, and Koopa, Koopa Troopa, and Toad. That was the original eight characters in the in the Super Mario Kart, and uh, featured out of those eight characters, um, you had five lap races, and if you ran, if you if you came uh, in fifth yeah yeah out of eight if you weren't fourth or higher you had to restart the race it forced you to restart the race and if you re- had to restart three times it was game over so there was actually this element of game over to mario kart that we are not used to obviously um the latest games don't have that in fact mario kart double dash was the first mario kart to get rid of that system so you could play infinitely no matter no matter what um place you came in so that's very interesting but um five lap races that's different nowadays it's it's um Unless you're pay- playing on Baby Park, I think it's three exclusively uh, for each each thing. And then let's see, they also had they had the Grand Prix like usual. They had verses, which highlighted the multiplayer, and then time trial uh, as well as a battle mode in which the original battle mode was just the balloons. Now we have the bomb bombs, we have shine sprite, shine races, uh, and some other things. So that was the original game, uh, single player F Zero, and then they came up with Mario Kart. For to have a two-player, which was capable on the SNES, um, and it also for computers that, uh, and and racing against your friends and everything. There's this concept. This is what Mario Kart, what undergirds Mario Kart as a racing game, is this concept of rubber banding, which is essentially you think of a rubber band, you stretched out. The more you stretch it, the more tension is on your hands, and the more likely it is to snap back together. This was something that they used to help you generate the items so that if you're further back in the pack, you got better items. And this is something that Mario games are notorious for, but that was present uh, in the code of the game in the original game. Um, and of course, uh, Mario Kart introduced some of its own unique uh, things. It's notorious for the blue shiny spell, which showed up in a later game. That was the, f- the first game that showed up in was uh, Mario Kart 64, the next game. So, uh, and also Rainbow Road. So Rainbow Road was there from the start. That's an original headache to Mario Kart. <laughs> Followed by the 1996 Mario Kart 64, first ever 3D Mario Kart, obviously. Um, still used 2D imaging in the 3D, like to throw items. Those were still 2D, but it did utilize right. 3D capabilities and increased it to four-player racing. Instead of just two, it was four-player. And they replaced Koopa with Wario, and they replaced Donkey Kong Jr. with Donkey Kong himself. This was also the first introduction of the spiny shell, which is that notorious blue shell that comes after the person in first place. Um, they introduced the concept of mirror mode, and they upgraded the game to 100cc. At first, it was just the single speed, 50cc, and then they upgraded to 100cc. They called it extra mode, though. It wasn't actually mirror mode at first. You still had the restart. If you placed under fourth, you had to restart, and but you had unlimited restarts in this the newest version of the game. Then it was followed by Mario Kart uh, Super Circuit. Now, I believe, if I recall correctly, I don't have it written down here, but uh, the Super Mario Kart was in the top, I don't want to misquote it, but it was one of the top-selling games for the SNES. And each, I'll just say it now, each of the Mario Kart games has been top five or better best-selling games for the console that they're released on. Uh, It's been a, a... a solid Nintendo game for years now. So after Mario Kart 64 was Mario Kart Super Circuit, which was for the Game Boy Advance, and this introduced a concept of quick run, with the reason I'm mentioning this because I want to come back to it, which was a single course 
excuse me, with customized rules. So you could set the lap t- total from three to five, uh, which items you wanted on the course. It was kind of like um, the rules that you could set for Super Smash Brothers, in which you can decide which items come out. So mm. that was that was interesting. Sold for the Game Boy Advance. Then after that, you have the uh, my personal favorite, which is Mario Kart Double Dash, which was released in 2003 for the GameCube. This is the game that I grew up on. We'll come back to that in a little bit. But it introduced co-op gameplay, never before seen and never again seen, uh, which had two players you could play uh, with each other. So like Josh and I wanted to play. We'd have to be in person. There was no internet connection there. But we could. he would be on the back of my car and I'd be driving or we could hit the Z button and switch. And so one of us would be in charge of driving, one in charge of the items. Um, and so that was unique. That was the, the gimmick of that game. But it introduced uh, more characters, 20 total characters, unlockable characters, um, special cup, uh, all cup tour, which I don't think they've done and probably for good reason. But the all cup tour was all 16 tracks in one Grand Prix. Uh, randomly generated. It was absolute chaos. I remember playing with my brother. It always started with <laughs> Luigi Circuit and ended with Rainbow Road. Um, and we'll come back to some of these here in a second. Um, and that was the second best-selling game for the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, but what's unique about Double Dash and a, a little-known secret is that you could actually play with up to 16 of your friends at once. That's how crazy Double Dash was. You would use the LAN... Um, and this is only possible with Double Dash because of two two players per cart. Um, mm-hmm. But you could you had to use the broadband adapter for the GameCube, and then you had to have an Ethernet that could a port that could handle eight Ethernet connections. So you had to have a total of eight GameCubes, eight copies of the game, sixteen controllers, eight adapters, and eight TVs to play with sixteen people. And I've never heard of it being done except for one YouTube video uh, online, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, obviously, introduced more characters. And then it just goes on from there. Mario Kart DS in 2005, mission mode was new to that game. You would, uh, had specific missions, like you had to go through certain areas of the map. They put like, you know, you have to go through this circle on the map to get the points and then keep going. Mario Kart Wii, I mean, the Wii was a legendary console. Is this, now what was the first Mario Kart game you played, Josh? Um, Super Circuit for the Super game Circuit. Games, I think. There you go, yeah. there you go. Uh, and then you haven't played Double Dash, correct? I have. Oh, okay. Not extensively, but I have. Okay, gotcha. And then uh, did you have Mario Kart DS? Did you play that? I've played pretty much every Mario Kart except for... Nope, I've played all of them. You've played all (laughs) of them? Wow, that's very impressive. I'm quite jealous, to be frank. Um, And then Mario Kart Wii obviously introduced the bikes, midair tricks, wheelies, and the first time you could accessorize your vehicle, you could change out tires for different frame. Uh, hold on a second. Nope. Hold on. Hold on. Nope. That wasn't until later. You, Pardon me. Pardon me. I yeah, that's in that's in the 3ds one, I think. But yes. in in Wii, the big thing was the the motorcycles, and then of course the Wii wheel, Jared. That's right. That's what I meant to say. The, the Wii wheel. The oh Wii wheel. Gosh. The Wii accept. That's actually I have a wheel accessory, and then I got switched up here. Yes, the Wii. Slam my head against the wall. I know it. So, so yeah, and then, of course, Mario Kart 7 introduced the mix and match, your tires and your frame and your glider. The glider was introduced in Mario Kart 7 for the 3DS, and Mario Kart 8 introduced the anti-gravity, originally released on the Wii U, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch, which is where we are now today. Woo! Thank you for hanging in there with me, folks. So, 
these games have a long history. Um, home consoles, oh, yeah. handheld consoles, mobile versions of the game, online or not. Um, the first online version of Mario Kart was actually on the DS uh, in 2005. That was the first Wi-Fi version where you could play online. Um, so this game has a best-selling history going back for years, obviously always including the the uh, Mario series characters. Until now, there's like uh, over... How many characters are there now? 32, I think? I can't there's remember. a whole bunch. There's I don't a know whole exact bunch. numbers. But yeah, me neither. Yeah. But it's quite a few. So let's get a little bit back on track here. Pardon my little tangent there. But Josh, tell me about your... I want to know your journey through the Mario Kart games. Tell me your own personal experience walking through these games that I just mentioned. I'm interested. How long you got, Jared? Well, you know, summarize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's... <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, it's, it's, Mario Kart's been a part of my life, you know? And that's yeah. the thing with Mario Kart, is yes. it's been a part of pretty much everybody in the developed world's life at yes. some point or another. is just that um, prevalent, right? Uh, it reaches so many people. Like, even if you don't own a console, like you've been to a friend's house who, yeah, where they've played, played Mario Kart. Right, right. In fact, we at PCA, at Pensacola Christian Academy in Pensacola, Florida, uh, the school that was started in the 1950s and almost feels like it's still in the 1950s sometimes, we had a field day type thing, and one of the activities you could do was go and play Mario Kart. Hmm. And it's just, it's universal in its family appeal. And it's fantastic gameplay. So I fall into that category along yeah. with millions of others, right? And I played Super Mario, uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, excuse me, on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, love that. The Game Boy Advance was my first personal console. So I, I have a lot of uh, memories with that. I've talked about those with Metroid and with Mario, the, the Super Mario Bros. games and stuff. Same thing with Mario Kart. My brother and I played that one all the time. He got a blue Game Boy Advance, and I got a white Game Boy Advance, and we would swap the cartridge, and we would play each other's timed ghosts all the freaking time. And we were cutting corners and figuring out new paths. The Super Circuit one is very, very similar to the very first game, Super yes, Mario Kart. yeah. It's a repackaging so, of the first game mostly, yeah. Essentially, yeah. And because, and I didn't know that right at the time, but because of that, like, even the original game, which is very clunky... Uh, very slow to play now, hard to figure out. Like for me, I love playing it just because it invokes those memories for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, played it out the wazoo, knew everything about Rainbow Roads and Bowser's castles and all that stuff. Uh, didn't have a GameCube, so I missed Double Dash. But Mario Kart Wii, I absolutely played. Mario Kart DS, I played even before that. And then you've got 7 and 8 as well, and they just kept adding new and more things to them. So I, I've got a storied history with it, playing with friends, playing with brothers, playing with my my girlfriend, now wife. Uh, Karina and I used to set up when the Switch first came out, 2017 um, and 2018. Up and in the released, comments. Yeah, they released... Yeah, exactly. So you know where I'm going with this. Uh, Deluxe was repackaged, the Wii U, obviously, a travesty. So they took that, they put it on the Switch, they added all the good stuff to it, and we sat down and we would we would play it old school Switch style. I say old school. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people play it this way now, but I don't anymore, uh, where you just kind of pop off the Joy-Cons, you slide on the little extra dongle thingies uh, with the wristbands on them, 
and then you just sit down and play. You prop it up on something and you play. And so Karina and I would go to the commons at PCC, uh, obviously Christian situation. So guys and girls are separate. We had a, a curfew at the time. They still have a curfew, but uh, we had to go into the buildings at a certain time. So we would spend our evenings. We didn't have too much going on. Uh, and not every evening, but we would go in. One of the things we'd like to do is we'd set up the Switch and we'd just play Mario Kart. And we got super heated. We would uh, challenge each other. We started to keep tally until it was obvious that I was very much way far ahead. <laughs> so we stopped the tally. But this is this is near and dear to my heart. The series, everything that it means, everything that uh, it does. To me, it is the perfect kart game, the perfect racing game can't beat it can't top it why is mario kart 8 my favorite it's because it is the culmination of everything they've done before yeah uh i don't think you can deny that in any way i i think it's very hard to make an argument that any other game is better i can see an argument for double dash just because of that co-op i can see that argument but objectively eight is so much better in leaps and bounds and in all kinds of different ways so even though I have this experience with a lot of other ones, to me, Mario Kart is just Mario Kart. It doesn't matter what title it is. Yes. Uh, it, is, it is the same thing that it was back on the SNES with the modern trappings that you'd expect on, on the consoles today. But at the end of the day, this formula is so fine-tuned and perfect. What more could you want? Yes. And I, it's too... like. As I've gone through the history, and I did a lot of research. I did about three hours worth of research. It sounded today. like it. <laughs> yes. And I enjoyed my time researching this. This is so much fun. Um, yeah, there is, there's items in old games that they don't use anymore, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. Like the the POW block from the Wii. Do you remember that? Uh, the, yeah. That's mm-hmm. no more because it was a bad mechanic. Uh, it was too easy to avoid. Um, there used to be a banana avoiding mechanic in the game. Can't do that. There's only one game in which you can avoid the blue shell without any, like you can avoid it with mushrooms now or with uh, the right, there's got to be certain circumstances, but in the Mario Kart well, DS. Well, you have the like super horn in Mario Kart 8, which is like that box. Yep. yep. You use that, that'll yep. take it out. And then the, but there was a way to avoid the blue shell just by using a, a turbo boost. So you could, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that was in the DS version a blooper and bullet bell finding out when those favorite items came into the game, um, different things like that. And, uh, you know, actually let's see here. I think Toadette, the first time Toadette is introduced to the Mario series is via Mario Kart. If I remember correctly, I'm actually, I might be wrong. I can't remember. Um, that sounds right to me. I don't, I don't, cause I feel like I read that. So a lot of those, yeah, a lot of those extra people did pop in and different things like that. So that sounds right to me. That could that could very much be true. Yes, and as opposed to Super Mario Smash Brothers, pardon me, that's not the right title. As opposed to Super Smash Brothers, this, <laughs> which is like a hodgepodge of every character that they can fit under that umbrella. The more people, the more unique, the better. Mario is more about Mario. You know what I mean? It's They've really mm-hmm. done a good job of like, you know, you don't need a thousand different characters. You just need the Mario characters. And they've added Rosalina when it's appropriate. And um, they've added some extras. Like Rob makes an appearance um, in one of the games. I think the DS 2005. He's in the DS one. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, not in any others. Um, King Boo is a character in Double Dash, and then he disappears. And then Petey Piranha's in Double Dash as well. So they've done a really good job of... You know, Sunshine at the time for the GameCube was released in 2002. So when 2003 Double Dash comes in, of course King Boo and Petey are in there, you know? So it just, it made sense here and there, different characters. 
Um, so it's it's been a a game that is synonymous with Mario. And in fact, to be frank, is a better selling game than Mario just by himself. Oh yeah, in in several for several different consoles for sure. So it's a uh, it's certainly. It has made Mario a household game. Obviously, when you think of the arcade racing games, um, they've got you know babes in string bikinis, you know, waving the checkered flag, as opposed to Mario Kart, which is acceptable for a very conservative school like PCA. You know what I'm saying? So family friendly has always been Nintendo's brand, and this has done nothing but enforce that. I I remember if I could just jump right in here. One of the reasons Mario Kart Double Dash is my favorite, among many, obviously, the co-op gameplay, the possibility for 16 players, King Boo, Petey, um, you know, they had other unique things like customizable items. Um, Like Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong had a giant banana uh, that when you hit it, it would split into three small bananas, you know, which changes the dynamic, and it was really hard to avoid. Um, Mario and Luigi had fireball items that if you chose the Mario character, only you could use that item. And so it would pop up every once in a while. Yoshi and Birdo were a pair. And if you had Yoshi, you could have the Yoshi egg and Birdo has the Birdo egg, which when it hit you, it would knock you like a shell does, but it would also crack into three other items. Sometimes there would be a star in there. So if you played as Yoshi, you could be driving from behind, hit someone with your eggshell, and there would be a star in there. And then you just pick up the star. And all of a sudden you went from fifth to first easily. Um, it has tracks like Luigi circuit, which is an insane track. Um, I'll explain more about that in a second. All cup tour, um, which was all 16 tracks in one go. And my, a core, core memory of mine, precious to me is when me and my younger brother were playing on our GameCube and we had, you know, our characters, I think we chose Petey and King Boo. That was our favorite duo together. And we chose the Bowser car, I think, which is like a tank. It's like it's got six wheels. It's awesome looking. And we scored a perfect 120 points on all 16, the all-cup tour. And it happened to be the first time we had satisfied all the requirements and the home screen turned purple. We got a perfect score. It unlocked the final car for us. And he and I... We stood up, we screamed our heads off, and we embraced because he was my wingman. He was my wingman. He was, you know, (laughs) Luigi to my Mario. He was in charge of the items. I was in charge of the driving. That's how we preferred it. We never fought about who should do what. He hated driving, and I hated doing items, so it was perfect. It was perfect synchronicity. Um, And we we won that game, blood, sweat, and tears. Because if we lost, if we came in second, or fourth or fifth, mm-hmm. we'd start over. We'd start over until we got that perfect score. We thought we had to get the perfect score. Little did I know, you just have to beat that cup to unlock the the final car. But we got that perfect score, man. And that final that home screen turned purple a different color, and we were like, oh, "Did we just did we just beat it, dude?" Core memory, good. That's stuff, amazing stuff, man. And I I treasure that moment even to this day. And he, he had to be on the back of the car helping me drift, right? He would have to you know, slide the, the joystick back and forth, which was something that was removed. I think in the Mario Kart Wii, I think they removed that. Or maybe DS, I don't, I don't remember. But you, before that, you had well, to use... What, what removed what? So the turbo boosting around corners when you drift, it got removed that you had to switch the D-pad back and forth. So you had Oh, to, I see what you Yeah, mean. you had yeah, to yeah, smack yeah. back and forth to, to boost. That got rid of it. So if you look at speedrunning, which was actually, go down that rabbit hole. Go down world record beating in uh, 
of Mario Kart Double Dash, it's fascinating. But you'll see those those drivers, they're doing the flick back like with their joystick at insane rates. Just the, the whole track is turbo boosting through. It's just technical. It's it's very much synonymous, it's very interesting, very much synonymous with Super Smash Brothers Melee at the time, which was known for its technical prowess, because the capabilities of the GameCube were just such that they could develop highly specific games, but they didn't know how to maximize that. So everything got toned back down for the Wii, you know what I mean? Like, Melee was yeah. a broken game for a long time, still is, really, for the teching Marth and Fox, only some of those characters were viable, you know, in tournament settings, so it was very specific. Um, thinking of legendary players like Mango and, and, uh, and Mewtwo King and stuff like that. Mario Kart Double Dash, while not as competitive in the tournament scene, had a very fierce, dedicated, and loyal following to beating time trials. And there was several different categories. There was tool-assisted time trials where they would use computers to break the game in very specific ways, but you had to program that computer, so it was still a mark of skill. And then there was humanly possible runs. There was best lap time, so you could get the best lap time, but maybe not the best overall time because you could break a lap one way uh, in a very specific way, but it wasn't viable to do it maybe three times in a row or something like that. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. But, like... I grew up playing Mario Kart with my friends, you know, sleepovers. Um, you know, my one friend had a Wii, and so we'd all bring our controllers, you know, only four people at a time because we weren't, you know, rich. <laughs> but uh, the the Wii and the motion controls and, like, getting mad at your friend because he's not using the motion control. He's using a nunchuck, which is so much easier. I don't know. If, if you, do you remember <laughs> you having that? You got mad at them for using motion controls? Well, mostly they got mad at no, 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 the opposite. Or for not using yes. it? Yeah. Th- sorry, I said it the wrong way. I got mad at people for using them. I was like, no, why would you ever use motion controls? Because it's horrible, right? Yeah. So, so much better to use a remote. Yes, dude. And when I tell you, and this leads me into um, my, uh, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. Oh, Rainbow Road. Do you remember the division? The Rainbow Road is a Mario Kart exclusive. It never shows up in any other game, but it's infamous. The blue spiny shell and Rainbow Road are the two things that Mario Kart is infamous for. Um, it, that you know, being in first place, it's a close race, and all of a sudden this blue shell comes up, and that person in second place lets themselves drift back away from you, <laughs> so you can get hit. Oh yeah, and then they drive right past you, laughing their faces off as they get first place after all your hard work through three laps or whatever many laps like legendary moments do you remember um the frustration as a kid of flying off the edge of rainbow road and just screaming at your tv absolutely absolutely that's the same frustration i experience today (laughs) actually the mario kart 8 rainbow road is way too twisty turny like i i could i could go on and on about how not poorly designed. I don't want to ever state that because it's Nintendo we're talking about. And I have nothing to say in regard to how they uh, put things together. But it is one of my least favorite ones. The Mario Kart 8 specific Rainbow Road. So, um, o- But o- each of them are so iconic. So iconic. Overall, do you hate or love Rainbow Road? Oh, I love it, dude. Yes. I'm one... Like, I'm a guy... Here's here's who I am as a gamer. Like, I'm, I'm someone who especially when it comes to like uh, uh, Nintendo games, you give me that crazy, insane challenge and I'm going to go straight for that. Like 
kill me over and over. I want to be able to master this game. Um, and I'm not good at it either. So it takes me forever, yeah. but I have a great old time learning it and figuring it out, you know? So, uh, rainbow road, like anytime I have friends over when we're playing Mario Kart, I, I always like jokingly suggest rainbow road yeah, and it just always gets the same reaction, which yep. is just like a shutter, you know, yes. like, <laughs> like, no, thank you. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, but there's no denying that it is, it is such a grand old time and it's such a vibe. It's such a vibe. Actually, when uh, Mario Kart Wii came out, that was when Galaxy was around, and they they rainbow roaded uh, a Galaxy type setting. Yes, um, I kind of said that backwards, but like basically Rainbow Road had Galaxy elements to it yes. in the Mario Kart Wii. Yes, and I almost didn't like that because I was like, nah, like Rainbow Road's its own thing. Like I get that you have it in space, so I can see where you're tying things together, but uh, Rainbow like it. it like you say that you whisper that in someone's ear and they're going to immediately have a memory trigger in their mind about rainbow road. Yes. So of yes. course I have those. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> if I had to rank the rainbow roads and I'll ask you to do the same, but I'll go first here. The coolest version of rainbow road is definitely Mario Kart eight deluxe by far. Like it's really not close, but if I had to pick a second, it would be Mario Kart seven for the three DS. Cause that was all a, a similar incorporation of like planets and moonscapes and you drive on the rings of Saturn. It's, it's really beautiful, but Mario Kart eight is the coolest version by far. Now the hardest version is the Wii version, the 2007 um, or 2008, pardon me, Wii version because of that anti, like the opposite curve. Do you remember that part of the track where it's like an upside down U, right? It's a, you know, mm-hmm. and you have, there's zoop, uh, uh, black, not um, speed, you know what I'm talking about. The speed, whatever they are. Um, Ramps or boosts. Yeah, the boost. The boost. There we go. I don't know why boost escaped my vocabulary there. But the boost around that corner. And if you got to the other side of that cor- that turn, you were done for, man. You were yeah. sliding right off. And with motion controls, it was the worst. And sometimes your friend didn't have an extra nunchuck, so you had to use the motion controls, right? You had to take that Wii controller and tilt it to the left and to the right, try to survive, right? We'd fight over the nunchucks. And... Um, and so that was, by far, to me at least, the hardest version of Mario Kart because there was the motion controls to incorporate. But by far, in my opinion, the best music and the best emotional um, gut punch comes from the Double Dash version, partially why I love this game so much. The all-cup tour, which took all 16 tracks in the game and put them into one Grand Prix, which is something that you can't do in the current game because there's too many tracks. Can you imagine trying to do... Um, what is it, 8 by 4 so it's how many tracks? 24, I think, uh, or whatever it is. Can you imagine trying to do that many in one sitting? No, there'd be no way. It's just not, <laughs> it's not viable. But my brother and I, it always started with Luigi Circuit, and Luigi Circuit was this gorgeous, never before done since, uh, never before done or, or has since, which is the starting, this is always the first track, you would jump down Luigi Circuit, and the oncoming lane, there was no divider. So people, if you got around that turn fast enough, you'd be facing the person who was in 12th coming at you. And if you timed your items right, you could really just be a jerk and throw, <laughs> throw items at the people who were oncoming. It was, really, it was like driving on a four-lane highway with no divider in the middle, and the roads were touching. It was nuts. Absolutely great way to start... Um, your your all all cup tour and then always 
always ended with Rainbow Road. So everything was random in the middle. Sometimes it'd be Bowser Castle next or Dry Dry Desert next or whatever else. Any Yoshi's Fall, Yoshi Falls or something. Um, but it was, actually there was no Yoshi Falls in the Double Dash, so it was Yoshi Circuit. But um, it always ended with Rainbow Road. And the music, Josh, if I have one request for this podcast, it's that you put the music for Rainbow Road Double Dash in here somewhere. Maybe right here pause or you know i don't know somewhere else but it is it's the well my question to that would be is is this a mario kart episode or a mario kart 8 deluxe episode that is that's the question right it's like do we you know do i actually have a legit case to say double dash should be in the hall of games and i don't i don't want to go there maybe towards the end of the conversation maybe i don't know we'll see we'll see what we can do but but if uh but that part of that Rainbow Road, having that best music, it was just a collage of all things Mario. As you came down the stretch, you know, you had uh, bomb-ombs and shells in that rainbow color floating in the air. The music coalesced to celebrate everything Mario and his friends all at once. It was just a beautiful, emotional experience, one that I'm very attached to, obviously. And, um, And despite, you know, clear shortcomings in that game, you know, I have very, very fond memories. Um... Let's let's see here. So I don't think there's any question that the best graphics are in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I don't I don't think that there's any question. It's like a it's actually when I first sat down to play this game, no, that's not even true. The first time I ever saw this game was you and Karina playing it, if I remember correctly. And the re- really? yeah, if I remember the realism of like the grass and the incorporation of the um you know, Animal Crossing uh, track and like the, you know this coalescing and like the fact that you st- like for the shy guy tree you start facing upward like a rocket launch like things like that um, graphic wise were absolutely bonkers they were crazy it's the it's the prettiest Mario Kart game and it's arguably one of the prettiest video games I've ever seen in my life mm. and uh, I think I like Mario Circuit you- right that gorgeous neon design my goodness. Do you, sorry, I was going to say, do you remember the Luigi glare meme? Yes, I do. When this game first came out, it's like, yeah, <laughs> that slow-mo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I think of that when I think of the graphics, because it's definitely like a showcase of like Luigi actually had some emotion on his face. And I feel like Nintendo didn't quite intend that emotion to no. come across, but that's what people picked up on because this was such a, yeah, polished and, and beautiful mario kart but mario game in general and the the character models and everything were to die for and really uh, people really fall in love with them you don't have to you're not trying to do so much that you're breaking your switch like it really is the perfect console to power this you know um yeah and i while i would say that you know the ps5 and then latest xbox are the best for these massively draining open world rpg games that load a lot of data all at once horizon coming to mind and stuff <clears throat> mario kart is a much more simple game and can easily be accomplished in its best form on the switch for sure um so yeah let's let's talk um briefly about so let's i'm just gonna ask you a couple favorites here do you have a favorite course in mario kart at large i don't know if i could pick one there's so there's many so dude. many what what and, comes to and, mind then when you think of great courses that you enjoy obviously rainbow road uh, 
Man, I don't know. I don't know, man. I could just start listing stuff, like, to be honest. And, and Go ahead. Go I ahead. I don't even know if I know their exact names. So I don't know if I'd be accurate enough with it. If we're talking Mario Kart 8, um, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's see I don't if think I, I can pick a favorite. Maybe we'll jog jog your memory here. I think uh, some that come to my mind um, in Double Dash, it's, uh, or sorry, pardon me, in the Wii, Coconut Mall. Do you remember Coconut Mall from the Wii? Yeah. Love that one. That one is great. Yoshi Falls from the Wii. That's a great, uh, great one. I think of Wario, Wario Coliseum from Double Dash. I think of uh, Luigi's Circuit and the Rainbow Road from Double Dash. Those stand out to me. From Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I love the Animal Crossing level. I think that's a great level. Um, I Sure. Re- so, Go ahead. I think... I think like the my problem is when you say like even when you're talking about the ones you're mentioning, I immediately think of everything else in that game too. Like it all just sounds so good to me. Like yes. I, I have a grand old time on almost every single track that I play in Mario Kart. So it's very, very, very hard for me to choose uh, any particular favorites in any game. Like Coconut Mall in the Wii version is great, but so is Grumble Volcano. Yes. You know? yes. And in, in Mario Kart 64, you got Chaco Mountain. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. But then the Bowser's Castle in Mario Kart 64 is like the best one. So yeah. it's like, I just, I, I don't think I can pick favorites here because it's all so good. And my thing, like my Mario Kart thing with carts, or excuse me, with tracks is finding some originality and really surprising me yeah like if nintendo does that then i know it's great and i don't think there's a single title they haven't done that like it's it's in all of them now there are like in the handheld ones ds and seven is what i'm thinking about specifically there's some simpler milder tracks mario kart tour which we've mentioned briefly but they're starting to add some of the tour tracks to mario kart 8 deluxe right now through the booster dlc yeah and some of those tracks, there's something to be desired there. A little sure. lackluster, a little sure. straightforward. Um, but especially in terms of, those of examples, graphics. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Um, but outside of those examples, I, I just don't. I don't know if I could pick one or the other. It's, it's, it's all about what I lean toward. Are there some that I definitely prefer? Yes. Um, I think of the, um, see, and I can't think of the name, but there's the, the Wii one that's, that's kind of like a fall autumn setting and you're up on trees and stuff. I think it's maple, maple treeway. I think. Yes. That one's a lot of fun. That That one I definitely went for and I loved the shortcuts and stuff on it um in mario kart 8 deluxe i think i go for some of the later courses in the last two cups um specifically like the bone dune highway or whatever it's called and yeah um so like i definitely go for different ones but i am more than happy to sit down play a mario kart game doesn't matter which one and hit random on the track yeah because each time i'm gonna have a good time yeah yeah it's good stuff i um um I can't help but think of, you know, uh, Koopa Falls or uh, I think of, that's from the Wii, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, I think of the, you know, Bowser's Castle and the Deluxe is fantastic, obviously. There's so many great, Moo Moo Farms, <laughs> or Moo Moo Meadows, rather. Oh, yeah. Dude. Classic. Classic, dude. And I think even if, even if nothing else, like just talking about these different courses invokes a sense of, any specific little these you have to like the joker you have to savor all the little emotions you know <laughs> um it's it just you're right though and and 
I, I would say just in, in talking about tracks, just to wrap up Mario Kart 8 specifically, some of the newest ones that they've added are some of the best ones. You mentioned Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, but when they added those DLCs, they went like wild with the tracks, like really tried to knock them out of the park. And I think that they did a great job with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Hyrule Circuit. Like that's just, yeah. that's so fun. Yes. The F-Zero themed ones are, I think, two of the best, finest. Like if you look at it objectively, those have to be two of the best Mario Kart tracks of all time. Yeah, Are they my favorite? Not necessarily, but they're just they're just so good, you know? Yeah. So it's just they hit it out of the park every time. I don't know if I can pick any. <laughs> in terms of in terms of presentation too, part of the reason why each track feels so good, especially because it's taking a lot of the same elements, you know, twists and turns, items, coins collecting. Now now personally, I don't like the coin collecting. I know it's a callback to um, the original games and like it, it was done away with in some games and then brought back, which is, you know, you collect up to 10 coins for maximum speed or acceleration or something like that. I don't care for that personally. Um, because it seems to toss away the, the, um, the whole reason stats are in there, which is you make a trade off. So in double dash, you had acceleration versus speed, um, and you have obviously different weight classes, which was introduced in, I think, Super Circuit, if I remember correctly. It might have been 64. But um, you have it, this idea that you have a, like Bowser's car, for instance, is one star acceleration. So a ratio of one versus a five star speed is the fastest car in the game at top speed once mm-hmm. it got up there. So if you didn't hit Bowser with an item while he was in first, dude, you were getting wrecked because he was just going to keep outpacing you. Um, there's other cards. Obviously, Mario is typically the most balanced character. It was like three speed, two acceleration, right? Um, different things like that. So th- there's a balance in a, in a, a you know differentiation to the game as far as different weight classes and whatever else. But I didn't care for the coin thing because it seemed it seems to negate your stats. Like, what does top speed matter if you can't get up to top speed because you never have enough coins or something like that? So that that's always annoyed me just a little bit. Tiny little tiny little well, part there. But we I were, would say though the sorry the coins are very minor it's a very minuscule how the, in every game as far as i can tell maybe if i look at the actual inner workings of it it doesn't make or it does make more of a difference than i realize but i don't think it it does affect like it definitely does you can tell um but it's not at a level where you're gonna lose necessarily if someone has 10 coins and you have zero right fair enough fair enough um the uh, so, sorry, we were talking about courses and I got a little distracted here. The courses are all, in Mario Kart 8, are all so emotionally impactful in addition to being beautiful. Like, the, the graphics are obviously tremendous and you go in and out of water and it changes the whole tone and vibe of the races. It's like, it's just scenic. Everything's so scenic every time you play and you're going up hills and crazy different angles. And as you flip around and whatever else you can see other parts of the track that you're going into. Um, It's tremendous. It's beautiful. But also too, at the start slash finish of every race, there's a whole host of characters that are from the series. I think of Delfino airport, which is just the airport race in, um, in Mario Kart 8. It's, it's got the Piantas, you know, we just talked about sunshine a couple episodes ago, like those moments, the shy guys in the shy guy tree, you know, the toads all over the place in Mario Kart's uh, eight's, Rainbow Road, you got toads floating around in spacesuits. Like it's just great stuff all around. Like the 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 vibe they get you in, it's always a good time, knowing you're gonna yell your head off at your friend regardless. 
Um, so <laughs> it's just good stuff all around. Now, let's see here. Do you have any complaints about Mario Kart oh, 8 Deluxe? No, dude. No? Absolutely not. No, because Mario Kart, especially 8 Deluxe, is everything you need. It's it's all the characters. They even got some non-Mario characters in there. Like, they went there with Mario Kart 8. You know, at this point, I just want Nintendo Kart in the future if they do anything. Um, all of the tracks are just so beautiful, and they've taken a lot of those old tracks and remodeled them, obviously, for this game. And so you go back and you're reliving these memories, and it's so much more pretty than you ever remembered. Yes. Uh, they got the anti-grav that's going on in it, which is a ton of fun, really allows you to go off of the beaten path, right, obviously, and, like, do some crazy stuff with levels that they weren't able to do before. Right. Um, or courses, rather. And then you got all the stuff from Seven, which is like the gliding and the going underwater. Yep. You have all that there, the motorcycles, the characters, the power-ups. I think Mario Kart 8 has the best balance of items, um, which might be a controversial thing to say. I think Double Dash, people love all the character-specific powers. Yes. In my experience, that makes the game heavily unbalanced. They are clear winners and losers in those power-ups. Um and that's just, as far as strategy is concerned, something left to be desired. But that's not necessarily something you couldn't fix if they ever brought that sort of thing back. I would love they brought co-op back, so don't at me. But I think 8 and what they're doing in 8 is as perfectly honed as you could ever get. I don't think I could personally, as a critic here, sitting munching my Cheetos and drinking my my sprite could ever come up with anything <laughs> to improve mario kart beyond what it is other than just give me more which I, they're literally doing they're literally right now they're they have 16 different cups that they're getting be giving to us eventually yes so i'm happy oh I'm, well i'm gonna <laughs> at you cheeto man um i let's hear it I, <laughs> let's, let's hear it. let's go um i personally think 200 cc is stupid it is don't play it then I don't, Josh, but I'm a kid. I don't. I, I wanna... It's not for you. That's the, Here's the thing. 200cc was a brand new thing in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. You don't have to play it. Is it is it ridiculous? Absolutely. Is the Rainbow Road Mario Kart 8 unplayable? Yes. <laughs> you cannot play that in 200cc and have a good time. Should they get rid of it? Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No, dude, because it's fun for the people that like it. And it's fun on a lot of the tracks that people who are veterans, who are jaded, who have played this their whole lives, now have something new to do who, on a level that is insane. Who likes 200cc? Who needs psychiatric help? That's ridiculous. It's not hurting anyone for it to be there. <laughs> is it ridiculous? Yes. You have is it got more than me. we ever needed? Yes, but we don't necessarily need to take it away either because you still got 50 100 and 150 <sighs> it just you can't that's my opinion i get are... what i get what you mean by it because i don't play it <laughs> I personally and and trying to like 100 mario kart 8 deluxe was a nightmare because of that yes uh, but at the same time you get like even me playing through it and, and playing through 200 cc i you get a feel for it you get a feel for it whether you like it or not I just feel like you have to get the lowest speed car possible and the highest handling possible, um, which is not... Well, and it gives you that option. Which is actually not, to be frank with you, not clear 
that it makes any difference. And like, it blows my mind that you can be driving a motorbike and you still slide all over the game. In, you know. For a like for for a veteran though, like you're gonna know. Like if you've played Mario Kart's, you're the person who's playing 200 CC. Like you're gonna know that. Like maybe the game's not telling you explicitly, but I feel like you you'd know. Like okay, yeah, I want to go for those carts that have high amounts of handling and not insane amounts of speed because if you've used a bowser cart in the past you know you can't turn very well (laughs) i just think it's unnecessary it's unnecessary but it's also not taking away from anything else in the game well you're taking away from my peace of mind when i go into the 200 cc menu and see nothing completed because it's (laughs) nigh unto impossible that's um, fair. That's that's a, okay. That's a fair point right there. That to is. to look at Mario Kart and not see inspiration from from software games is <laughs> no. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> I just like think about this. Think about this. Theoretically, you have a one in twelve chance of winning a race. Then you have to combine that with a one in twelve chance of winning the next race. And then you have to, you mm-hmm. see where I'm going with this? So to, to 100% this game, you're talking about long odds, my friend, long odds. Um, and that is, to be frank with you, well, let's have this conversation. If you could build, you obviously have no complaints, but I have a couple. If I could build my perfect Mario Kart game, I would keep all current characters except maybe Link. Like, I, would, I might get rid of Link. I think the Hyrule Glider is enough of a callback. But Link in Splatoon, it's almost you're turning into Mario. Uh, well, you're turning into Smash Brothers, really. And I don't mind Nintendo that. Nintendo Kart. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo Kart. And it's really, it doesn't bother me, really. It's just something that I've thought about a little bit. And it's really not even the, the correct opinion, really. But I would get rid of some, I would trim the fat just a little bit. I would bring back a Double Dash mode, a co-op mode. I would have um, an all-cup tour that com- that is a combination of random um, uh, random tracks uh, That's fun. at different CCs, and it's different, obviously, every time you play it with the number of different whatever else. Battle mode is perfect. Yeah, I don't know about different CCs, but... Well, what do you mean? It's just, that would be so jarring. Well, like it's you just be doing one fifty in one round, and then the very next one. No, no, no. 50. Sorry, that's not what I meant. I meant you could do an all cup tour in fifty, in one hundred, in one fifty. Sorry, pardon me. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then it's it's just random tracks, random tracks every time, not random CC. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I would get rid of two hundred CC. Doesn't need to be there. Pardon me. Doesn't need to be there. mirror mode is fine. It's kind of a fun extra layer. It's it is what it is. Okay, but Jared, Jared, don't you ever feel like one fifty is a little bit too slow? Maybe I'm just that pro, like folk. Like I, I've just had that enough. Ha, I've had enough Mario Kart experience in my life. I've been playing this since I was still peeing the bed. So I just I like that. But is is 150 always good enough, or do you feel like? Because I get to the point in Mario Kart, and this is maybe just me, but I'll play through all of them in 150 and be done, and it's nothing. Like I don't feel any challenge at all. And then I play through 200, and it's kicking my butt. So I like that. You are... You need help. (laughs) How do you... Well, tell me now. Okay, so then 150 for you. Is that a difficult mode for you? 
It's difficult when you're trying to do successive first place wins to get all three stars. Yeah. I just, I disagree. I, I mean. I, I, it's it's like old hat for me. Man, I just suck apparently. My goodness. <laughs> it's not about suck. I think it's just level of like time you've played. Like literally, like I've been playing this game consistently my whole freaking life. Like I'm still playing it and I will never stop. I will never stop playing Mario Kart. I just think, so. plus, plus, if you were to do, and that's totally fair, and I love playing with you despite the fact that you win 90% of the time. I still love playing with you. Uh, have we played Mario Kart? We have. We have together. Okay. Yep, and and, and uh, Karina hates playing Mario Kart with you. I know this. Um, and she she also <laughs> played, hates playing Super Smash Bros. with you when we can't have the items on, I, which is, or maybe you hate that. Is that what you hate? I can't remember. No, yeah, it's, I like items, yeah. That's what it is. You like items, and the rest of us are like, you stupid. Normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. No, I lo- I'll play any video game with you, and I'll play on 200cc if you absolutely insist, but in, in my perfect fantasy, 200cc is replaced by co-op mode um in in the game 150 cc's is fine maybe if you want to do 175 cc's in mirror mode turn up the difficulty on mirror mode just a little bit that'd be perfectly fine okay with me. um but i do, like literally though 200 cc is nigh unplayable in in most <laughs> tracks most tracks like seriously i'm looking at like ai that are kicking my butt that don't know how to take a turn because it's so fast like they hit the wall every single it time. It does, yeah. It's ridiculous. No, you're right. Even the computers, even the computers are like suck. Like, are you serious? <laughs> I have a theory that 200 cc is actually not even sped up. It's just they they put ice on the ground. Like that's just it. It's just designed to be infuriating. <laughs> well, maybe like a 175 then, like somewhere in between. I personally, I just feel like 150. Like I I always yearned for a little bit more, and 200 was that logical next step but maybe pulling it back just a little bit, you know, just giving yourself a little bit more handling or something might sure. fix these problems you're mentioning. Yes. I I would not hate it if you had to smartly incorporate braking into Mario Kart. I don't know if that's what I'm missing. Uh, typically, every Mario Kart game, your whole intuition says, don't let up the gas, just drift through it. Um, but maybe I need to use my brake pedal. Good, good gravy. Um, I would bring back personalized items, um, but it would be a setting on the menu. So what I'm saying is I would okay. in, I would incorporate okay. a quick run for Mario Kart Super Circuit, which is, you know, you can customize the rules a little bit. Um, I would, I would uh, probably increase all the items, but I would, you know, change it up a little bit. I would have your standard Grand Prix and then modified Grand Prix, so you can do that. Like, you can have a quick run... Grand Prix with certain items or no items, just pure racing. Uh, co-op mode. So my four, my five modes would be 50cc, 100cc, 150 mirror mode, which is actually 175, and co-op mode, right? And then you have, like in my mind, the best of all worlds. I would also bring back some of my favorite tracks from Double Dash, uh, bring back the all-cup tour, which is like 16 races is perfect, so four cups in a row um, for the Grand Prix. Um and obviously online is perfect. You can play online with your friends and, and all this different stuff. Um, and that's about it. I'm, I'm happy with the music. It changes from game to game, but it's fine. Battle mode, again, battle mode is perfect. It's so chaotic. I love it. Um, don't need to change anything about battle mode. Um, and that's, that's Battle mode sucked when Mario Kart 8 first came out. Yeah. I, don't, I just want to make that note. I don't remember um, it sucking. When, 
Well, it's because in, on the Wii U, so it oh. came out, what is it, like oh, 2014 yeah, or 15, um, when Mario Kart 8 first came out, it the battle mode was basically they just took chunks of the maps and they just threw you on them. And then you would have to, like, turn around. It was, like, the worst thing. Like, it wasn't a whole track. So, obviously, tracks are pretty linear. Yeah. And you would have to, like, <clears throat> when you got to the end of it, just turn around and go back the other way. And so it was, like, kind of a one... It was just not what Battle Mode is supposed to be. In the Switch version, which is the one that you've played, they revamped... That was one of the big things they did with the Deluxe update was they revamped Battle Mode to actually give you original arenas and a whole slew of them, too. And some old ones to boot. So they, like, in in Deluxe, Battle Mode is perfect. Yeah. Like, it's to yeah. die for. It's the best like, of all the games, it's even, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 yeah exactly. It's better than any of the other games, and it's preferential sometimes to the to the regular racing if you have the right group of people going. Yes, um, but that was not the case. They actually fixed that, and there's a lot of those little things like that that they actually fixed in Mario Kart Eight. Mario Kart Eight launched without a map, so every single course you went on, no map, which sucked. Uh, it also launched with. Um, Oh, what was it? Oh, instead of picking next match, it always went to the camera, which, okay, the playback camera in Mario Kart 8 is amazing. Yes, it is. I watch that stuff all the time. Great edition. Yes. Yes, agree. It's great. Um, But when the game first released, that was the first option. So, like, every time you finish a race, it would, instead of saying go to the next race, it would say view race or whatever, you know, like view the recording. And you would, every time, instead of going down to the next option, which was go to the next race, you'd click A because you're ex- expecting it to be like, oh, go to the next race. And then it'd go through the recording. And so they fixed little things like that. So it this game did not launch perfectly, but the way that they've added to it and uh, honed it for the deluxe release, I think there's no peer to it. Are the things you're mentioning things that could add to it? Yes, I would love to have a co-op version. Bring back the double dash mechanic. I love it. Sounds great. Does Mario Kart need it? No. no I think right. people try to equate like the Double Dash originality to what Mario Kart ought to be. Yeah. I disagree. I think they tried some things that really worked. If they brought those back, that's awesome. Um, but you don't need that to have a great experience. Totally agree. Um, some of the other things you're saying I resonate with. Uh, you made one point that I wanted to mention something about. Oh, the braking. So braking was a big thing in the older games that's definitely been mitigated in recent games. Uh, I remember in Super Circuit using, utilizing the braking a lot. Not so much the case anymore. But there are some things you could do. This, like, Here's what I think. I think they should make Mario Kart into a live service, just like a free-to-play game, or maybe even make Mario Kart free-to-play and just add things to it updates put more stuff in there try new stuff do seasons like that's what this game ought to be because mario kart to me and we're talking about the whole franchise in this episode which uh we could have focused on just deluxe mario kart 8 deluxe and and had a full episode but because of what mario kart 8 mario kart in general is it, it it's growing into what it is like one thing leads to the other that's yes. why i think mario kart 8 deluxe is the perfect one yeah. because obviously it is you know yeah um so i think mario kart should be like a live service i think it should be something you can uh just jump into and is constantly updating and changing will nintendo do that no uh, right. but that's my vision for what the game could do to improve little bit of a, a side comment here but i feel like nintendo is constantly struggling with this brand management thing in which they say 
we make really fun games, but we make them seriously. And it's almost like, to me at least, equivalent to PCC trying to have fun. If you, know, if you understand the vibe that I'm saying here, sometimes Nintendo, I feel like, gets in their own way by like, excluding things from their brand because they weren't the ones who thought of it um, first. Like, it took them, you know, like um, when Iwata was asked about the direction of Mario Kart going to online stuff, which was being done you know, before the Wii, they were like, well, we're thinking practically, you know, we're not thinking as much like that's definitely where things need to go. But a whole part of the gaming industry is identifying trends um, and, and jumping with them. And this is obviously a side comment. It's not really super related to the podcast. You could cut it if you wanted it to, if you wanted to. But the, I feel like that's Nintendo has been their problem for so long. And when the fans not necessarily clap back. That's the wrong way I want to say it. But like when the whole fan base is saying something and they don't listen, it's almost like how, how much of an innovator can you be if you're not, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, I'm vibing with what you're saying. And, and that's just a general complaint. I also understand that they're a Japanese company and they are going to care more about their home base of operations and how things are doing over there than they are here. I get that. Um, but at the same time, you have to understand that your Western market in some instances is going to be larger than your home market. And that's okay. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with catering to your largest market as long as you don't lose yourself. But I think some of the things that they decide will be them losing themselves aren't the case. Um, like, you know, personally, if that's what I think. 100%. Yeah. But that's... No, you're, see- you're seeing a part of Nintendo that people have been talking about for a long time. I know it. Man. And if you're... If you're not on the inner workings of the games industry, you don't see it as obviously. But no, Nintendo has a lot of problems. Yeah. And you're bringing up very important points. Yeah. But but that being said, I don't disagree with you. I think Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I, you know, for instance, like I can't make the case that Double Dash is the best game. I really can't. I said it earlier and, you know, add a little bit of mystique. Maybe, oh, well, maybe we'll fight about it. <laughs> but but uh, Double Dash had no versus you know, uh, AI, you had to play, uh, with friends in, in some instances, you know, obviously limit, you know, you couldn't choose, um, you couldn't choose some vehicles unless you had certain characters on board, obviously limiting the total number of, and some people don't like to just throw items. Some people prefer the driving, you know, so you, then you got some tension there between, so I, I can't actually make the case that my favorite Mario Kart is the best Mario Kart, I do fully agree with you that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you know, not the Wii U version, but Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the culmination of all the efforts of Mario Kart over the years. They've trimmed the fat, gotten rid of some items. I wish they'd bring back the Mega Mushroom. That is something that I miss, um, an item that I miss. But uh, That was the fun one. Was that on the Wii? I think the Wii, yeah. Yeah, you get really big. That was basically just a, like... Uh, invincible star but no i agree that one that one's at least visually it was, it was a fun item yeah that was fun i would um the the game is surprisingly balanced for how chaotic it is by definition you know there, there's fair if you get smacked by a blue shell you you miss getting struck by lightning um stuff like that you know what i mean um so it's it's uh it's a great game great with friends i wish i had a larger group of friends to play massive mario cart um games you know um 
doing you know 16 at once a massive grand prix would be a ton of fun like you could on the gamecube although that was very rare and i never actually did it but um yeah no i um i think that's it's clear that mario kart 8 deluxe is the best in the series i think that's pretty clear to speak to like you playing with friends and stuff, honestly, Mario Kart tournaments are some of the funnest things you can set up. Yeah, I had one birthday party where we did a Mario Kart tournament, and I've got to say that one like it just sticks out in my mind. Yeah, dude. We had like there was like ten of us there, and we had rewards implemented. My dad like actually went out all out with it and like set up a bracket on the side, right? He had like a, a, a whiteboard and <laughs> that's awesome. Marking on it and like adding the characters and like, uh, not characters, but, uh, winners. And, uh, we had prizes and stuff. It was a ton of fun. Yeah, so dude. like you can do that with groups. It's like, it's such a flexible game in that way. Um, so like the, the multiplayer aspect of the series cannot be understated. Absolutely. Unbeatable. And, yeah the the precision you you just said like the the way that it's um what's the word you used uh just the way it's designed but like uh even in the items themselves like uh allowing for some of those smart interactions between yeah if, if you've been hit with the shell or whatever then the lightning would affect you or vice versa um is is just masterful like it, there's a reason that this formula has been so pervasive and has continued at the level that it has and yeah. the reason that Mario Kart 8 is the number, what is it, six or seven best-selling video game of all time? Yep, yep, of all time. It's because this formula is so perfect. Yeah. Like, it, there's no way to, in my opinion, really take it to the next level other than just adding stuff, like extra stuff on the sides to it, like we've mentioned. Yeah. Um, so, a, a, a beautiful game, and, and one that everybody should have. <laughs> yeah. If you have a video game console... Get Mario Kart. I don't care if you have to pirate it. Get it. Like it's, <laughs> it's what you need. Like it, it just it's it's such a universally appealing gaming loop and experience. So like there's there's nothing bad I can say about it. Yeah, and and Mario Kart is considered to be uh, the front the pioneer of the kart racing genre, the subgenre of racing games that is kart racing. Um, you know, SpongeBob car, uh, Crash Bandicoot car, you know, whatever else. Sonic. Like Sonic car, you know. The um, Sonic series is the only series that can compare. In fact, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing are fantastic kart games. Yeah. If they had a better title and better marketing, I could see them, not necessarily, because Mario Kart's so massive, but they would definitely be a, a good number two. Um, they just haven't quite gotten there. But no, yeah, you're right. I think it would be, yeah. And you're, like, for instance, unfortunately what happens is that if you get a PlayStation, you're typically not buying a Switch as a single consumer, right? And multiplayer games are fun in the context of the internet. It's very rare to have a bunch of people come over to one place to play one game nowadays, right? Um, and there's some exclusion. If you do Nintendo, you typically don't do Microsoft, et cetera, and all this different stuff. Um but the introducing Mario Kart tournaments into the internet, right, is you know a fantastic way to play this game. Playing with friends is fantastic. Have throw a Mario theme party, make your friend dress up like Waluigi, and and play some Mario Kart together. <laughs> it's it's a great time. It's uh it's peak Nintendo, Waluigi, peak Mario. Um, it is. 
Yeah, I, I really uh, I can't say enough good about it. It's a great, great thing. I feel like you could probably do a study and prove that a variety of people, maybe even a majority of people, know Mario from Mario Kart. I think so. I it's, agree. It's that prolific. Yes. Yes. And and, and Waluigi. <laughs> Waluigi. <laughs> Actually, Waluigi Pinball is one of the better made tracks in the Mario Kart series. So yeah. Shout out. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, my friend. Um, any final gripes, final comments, final things as we wrap this up? I think it's uh, quite clear. Mario Kart as a whole, but... Mario Kart 8 Deluxe being the best representation of that whole gets to have uh, a seat, a prestigious seat at that, undeniable, really, in the Hall of Games. Um, certainly not disputable, to be frank. And uh, yeah. any yeah. any final questions, comments, concerns, or gripes from you, my friend? I just want to say I appreciate that you brought this to a broader series perspective in this podcast because Mario Kart is an evolution of the concept and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just the most recent step in that evolution. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Uh, the online is ever like it's evergreen, right? You can play that all the time. I would suggest if you're not a big fan of online games, play some Mario Kart online. You're going to have a great time. And, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is built for it. So have at it. Um, Otherwise, I mean, I could go on and on about memories about this game. I've mentioned several. I haven't given details, but, like, there's so much of my life that has been spent playing Mario Kart. In fact, um, it was funny because when I first came back to Colorado, what was it, 2018 going into 2019, after I'd graduated college, I was coming back after having kind of misstepped in California and... I, I got home, I was I was with my parents at the time, I was getting started in a full-time job, and I went to a couple of friends, uh, hang, hung out with them, went to a friend's house, and we were trying to decide what to play, and we were kind of going through a bunch of games, and we're all in our 20s at this point, and we landed on Mario Kart, and we played Mario Kart, and it was hilarious, because his dad came in. Um, his dad was a divorcee, single guy, kind of doing his own thing, real estate. And uh, he walks into the house. Him and uh, my friend were co-paying on the payments of the house and everything. So they kind of were like roommates slash father-son situation. And he like made a joke toward us because we're playing Mario Kart. He's like, Mario Kart? Like, you guys playing this still like you're what Ugh. adults now like what's Shame going on, on here and you're playing mario kart like what a joke like he, he kind of tried to scoff at it and i was happy like i had a smile on my face with how my friends responded a lot of them who haven't played a wii or a switch at least in a long time they don't own those consoles they play pc or playstation or xbox and they were like no actually mario kart's pretty great like, yeah to this day yeah um and there's no denying that we're having a great time like we were having such a good time we were laughing we were screaming at each other we were you know uh, uh making veiled threats everything you know everything that you want in a in a social situation to to have a grand old time mario kart gave us that and and we have this old fogey come in who who makes a comment that is ignorant right and it was just it was my own personal pleasure to sit back and have people who are not super gamers tear this other guy down yeah because mario kart is just that universally loved yes 
And yes. uh, that's all I have to say about this game is it is a, a 10 out of 10 out of 10. This is what video games are meant to be. It gives you the gameplay experience you want. It has the, the polish that you want. Uh, it has the uh, originality, the character behind it in Mario himself uh, that you want. So uh, everybody should play it. Everybody should own it. Uh, and everybody loves Mario Kart. That's a great way, great way to end, my friend. All right. Be sure to tell a friend about the podcast. Drop us a five-star review. Check out our past episodes for more backlog, in-depth conversations and some crappy opinions, at least on my part. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you agree with our decision. And if you don't, tell us why at askvgb at gmail.com. Until then, this is the casual Jared Benson Uh, the casual mercenary, along with uh, my good friend and the Hall of Games creator, Josh Gallegos, signing off.